This is a content warning. All episodes of Mysteries Unknown may include foul language, fantasy violence, blood and gore, and worst thing of all, sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. The city. At first glance, it would appear to be that everything is seemingly normal in this bustling and hustling city. However, not all is to what it appears to be. The mist covers the entirety of this place in a deep purple fog to hide that which could be considered superstitious and paranormal. As the fog rolls through, the milkman that delivers your milk might become the stretched out figure of the crooked man, or the lovely teller at your bank may turn into the incarnation of Queen Cleopatra herself. Only you, referred to by others like you as Riffs, can see through the mist and see these weird and stunning changes in people that have been touched by its power. This is but one of the many instances that happen in this city. Hello, listeners. Thank you again for joining us on Mysteries Unknowns. This is session three of Demons in Cross End. I am your list. I am your host, Hunter the MC, and today we have. The Thief with a Heart of Gold. Hey, I'm Rain, and I'm playing Talalok. Alright, and also the Twat Antique Stealer. I'm Tom, I'm going to be playing Declan. Alright. Nice. So, quick recap for everyone to see catch up. Last time, we had Declan was leaving the art gallery to go face the... Hold on. Tom, I'm still hearing me come in through on your side. Is that better? Testing, testing. Okay, yeah, there we go. Sorry about that, everyone. Okay, back to our... Forget my train of thought back. Alright, yeah, so... Where we last left off, Declan had driven to... The... The Beast Gang hideout. And on the way, called up Talak, who, after getting some information from Postmortem, who had to bail after getting assignment met up at the Beast Gang hideout, and in the most uneventful way possible, they quickly dispatched of the Beast Gang leader, Bear, with a lightning bolt shot to the chest by our lovely friend Talak. Then, as Declan was trying to get some more information from the other Beast Gang members that were there, soon a, a flashbang got thrown, scattering them all into the wind, and we saw, as Declan's friend Proximo, an old war buddy, entered onto the scene and found out that, no, I was the one that took the schematic from the art gallery. They, he, Proximo led them to an old abandoned church outside of the docks, where they met Christina, who is the Rift of the Avenging Angel. And after some intense interrogation and then the quick fight... Declan ends up getting knocked out by some falling debris due to Talak using his powers, but not really being careful about what where they were reaching out to. So we're going to pick up back into the vision that Declan was that was got plunged into after he got knocked out. So Declan, you are going to be doing the voiceover monologue for this session. You, as you wake up, you're outside of the church. But the sky is the dark greenish gray that you saw in the in your last vision. Um, 
trying to think of something about Jesus. Yeah, don't put this in the actual podcast. I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. <laughs> I don't know why I'm just drawing a fucking blank. Um, yeah, sorry. I'm, can, can, can someone else do it? I'm just drawing a blank. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking tired today. I'm sorry. Penis. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so... You could just say that's your voiceover monologue. Is You're just kind of drawing a blank as you're seeing everything going on around you and the the plant life like last time has been overgrown over everything the church has actually been demolished in front of you and you see the skull deer head form up in the sky again and as you look down you see as a skeletal hand bursts from the ground and reaches at you but at the same time you also hear the As the scene now changes before you to a familiar sound of a war-torn battlefield. Can you explain what this is to the listeners as this is part of Declan's backstory? So it's basically um, somewhere in, uh, well, Declan did a few tours of um, Afghanistan and Iraq with the Special Air Service um, and the Irish King. Kingdom. and he uh, essentially did a few like specialist tours of Iraq and Afghanistan that were very much off the books with a few uh, a few uh, American soldiers um, so and a lot of what the, these uh, these groups did were not pleasant so uh, Declan still has a bit of um shell shock or PTSD about this kind of stuff. Uh, so him having dreams uh, or memories about this kind of thing is not uncommon. So this will probably be a desert uh, area and a dirty bomb will have most likely gone off somewhere and him and a few sm- a small units of uh, individuals have probably uh, dogs behind cover. So, are we going? Do we want to say? Are you guys like trying to go through like a rundown city, or are you like a vast desert? Well, chances are it'll be like kind of an arid uh, desert land landscape. Probably they would have probably been transporting something from point A to point B, and they'll probably been ambushed. Yeah. So you got. So as this kind of explosion just happens, so you're basically sitting in the back of this vehicle. You. I would imagine if, with Declan being a gunslinger, he probably has a good like amount of expertise in being hold being a sniper. Like, would could we roll with that? Sure. Yeah. So you're just yeah. in the back of this moving vehicle. You're trying to snipe as these other vehicles are just racing up behind you. Just these Taliban-looking dudes. Just they're just chasing after you. They're shooting. Bolts are flying. You hear them as they kind of hit the side of the car and bounce off. And in the one in the driver's seat is your buddy Proximo, one of the few American soldiers that you somehow were able to get along with. And he's just like, Captain! It's like I think they're gaining on us. Oh fuck. Um Well, drive faster than you can. It's like, I can only push the gas pedal down so far, Captain! 
and he's just you then you just hear us you kind of lurch forward as the car just kind of bursts forward with a little bit more speed and you just hear that as the like the machine gun fire is just going off from the vehicles behind you and i would say that you also got a couple other vehicles you just see one just suddenly not too far away from you guys and just bursts into flames and rolls through the air is this like a scene where I can act in, like do stuff? Or like yeah. say how it was. Um, or, yeah, just kind of like role play out what you're trying to do. It's like, uh, it's like you. Declan uh, grabs a grenade, uh, fucking un, un, um, just pulls a pin and just kind of slides it across, like throws it down on the ground, trying to make it slide under another car. So it'll uh, slide under one of the, uh, uh, enemy's car, so it'll blow up. And then he's gonna, well, that's happening, he's gonna kind of, like, keep his eye down the side of the, um, keep his eye down the side of the sniper to try and take out any wheels or anything that happens to come behind him. Yeah, so you roll that grenade, kinda, you toss it, and it just kinda rolls, and you, and this, this is a memory, this is not something we're acting out, you time that just right, to where right as that car comes right over it, boom, and you took out one of the enemy vehicles as you just see car parts and body parts just kind of fly out all over the place. And you hear Proximo from the front like, Aha! Good one, Captain! Uh, Declan just kind of goes, We're not out of the woods yet, mate. Um, and he keeps kind of like, he kind of takes the sniper, puts it aside, and just pulls out like a, a goes, goes into the, goes back into the van and pulls out kind of a machine gun and just, so I was kind of spraying and praying as much as he can because I think a sniper on this in this situation probably wouldn't be that great. Yeah, so you're shooting now at these machine guns. You're hitting the car. You're doing some damage to it, but they're still kind of keeping up. They're not gaining, but they're now kind of steady. As Proximo, it's like it's just driving, just swerving to and fro. So you're having to aim as best as you can. And then all of a sudden you hear the and you just hear Proximo kind of just look at the window and go uh captain we got company as you see a attack chopper just rise over a sand dude in the distance yeah I'm just gonna fucking keep shooting and just go I told you to drive faster maybe do some fucking evasive maneuvering I don't know I don't know what Americans fucking train for in this kind of shit like, I think all that tea's going to your head, sir, he says as he's starting to do mountain and more evasive maneuvers as the chopper begins to, like, fly quickly towards you all. This thing must be able to outrun fucking helicopter as I'm shooting up at the chopper. Uh, yeah, you're shooting at this chopper and it's just bouncing off the chopper's middle railing as you see as the minigun right below it starts to spin. Uh, as the minigun's starting to spit, uh, I just say to Proxmo, like, on my mark, we're gonna have to ditch this fucker. And, uh, you know, jump out. Because, uh... Like, ditch! We got a mission, Captain! We can't just leave this behind! Uh, what, what's the thing in the vehicle? We're, like, uh, transporting. You tell me! What is it that is so important that these guys are chasing after you to get it back? Probably like some intel on like a 
back then you could still just send it. Um, Hold up, repeat that for me again. I didn't catch all that. Um, I'm thinking. Uh, maybe a like a fucking um, like you know what dirty, dirty nuke is. You can make like they're not they're not like nuclear bombs, but you can make things that like kind of spread radiation, make a lot of people very, very ill, and terrorists can use them. And we're just trying to get away oh. from them so they can use it. Yeah, so basically we're Call of duty this right now. It's like, we just took the enemy's, like, secret weapon that they were creating. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can go with that. Proximo, if we blow up in here, that thing blows up anyway. So, uh... I guess I'm gonna grab it, and, uh, fucking just jump out the car with it but like uh, while jumping out I just kind of keep the keep the thing up so I land on my back instead of the bomb hitting the, the bomb hitting the ground uh, you see Proximal kind of looks around and he's he's like he's thinking for a moment as he's trying to speed away and then he's like Captain I may have an idea but I need you to trust me on this when we jump out. Yeah, go for it. Why is it? Uh, you'll just kind of have to see. I can't really explain it. Yeah, fuck you. Why not? So you see the the, the, the helicopter is like right almost on top of you guys as this machine gun below it is spinning. And as soon as you hear like the first shot, Proximo just is like now and he bursts the key kicked open the door and hops out the driver's seat yeah, i definitely follow him i jump out as well just grabbing the bullet in both my arms just making sure it doesn't fucking touch the ground or try to make sure that if if there's bullets in the way i'm going to shield it with my body before it hits the bomb because if it hits the bomb everyone's dead yeah, right as you both jump out of this vehicle, you see as this minigun just shreds into this vehicle and it explodes just several feet away from you. But as Proximo lands onto the desert sand, as soon as that happens, you immediately see large branches just shoot up out from the desert floor and just strike and pierce this helicopter. Just... And it just in the mid-air as these like three long like branch spikes are now just holding this thing like in mid-air well that's fucking weird is that you Proximo just kind of he gets up and he like shakes all the sand out of his suit out of his army suit and he's just like uh I guess you can say that and y'all to see as the uh, final car that had been following you immediately just spins around and drives back the way it came. Why couldn't... Why couldn't you have done that before we jumped out the car? Because now we're just in the desert. Like, well, I didn't think about it that time, obviously. As much as impressed as I am by that, you're still a fucking moron. Uh, but 
at least, you know, we got the bum. Um, we're both alive. For now. Yeah. And you're still an asshole despite being a good captain. Yeah, it comes with a job, mate, trust me. Um, yeah, you uh, see, you see yeah, Proxwell, he pulls out a pair of binoculars out from his uh, suit, his outfit, and he just looks around, and then he stops, he's like, I see some, uh, I see like a little city area just a few miles away from here. We should be able to walk to it and possibly get in contact with some allies. Thank fuck, this thing needs to be taken off the board. Very fucking quickly. Because I feel like if I drop this, a lot of people are going to die. So let's, uh, let's get it to someone who can. Uh, I feel like I should be wearing like a fucking bomb suit or some shit. I feel like we're woefully equipped for this mission, but hey, uh, yeah, we need to get this to a bomb unit so they can disarm it because I have no fucking idea how to do it. Yeah, so you, we just, this camera just kind of zooms out as you two just kind of take off running across the desert sand. You holding this dirty nuke, just making sure you don't accidentally set it off as you all are running. And then we're going to cut out of that, and we're going to go back to where we left off in the last session. Talak, you and Proximo were hiding behind the altar as your little electro shot that you did to Christina accidentally caused some collateral damage to the already uh, kind of falling apart church building. And you're, you see Declan is kind of on the floor. He got knocked out unconscious. Um, he, I think Declan still, you have your stab three from when she stepped from when Christina stabbed you in your leg. Uh, Christina has, is an in pain three. And we'll say it's got a pip added onto it as she got stuck under some of the church debris as it fell. And you, it's a, to lock you and Proximo are just kind of just right there as you kind of just peek out from behind the altar just to make sure that nothing else is going to fall around for like a minute. Can I tell if Declan is still breathing? If his heart's still working? Uh, you can see, you can clearly see, you see clear as day just because he's not that far away. His chest is still kind of rising and falling, so he's still breathing. Damn. I thought I'd try and defibrillate him, but I guess that won't be necessary. You Proximo just kind of looks around and he's like, well, I'll be damned. Sparky's got some power to him. Shocking, isn't it? <laughs> I see what you did there. So, I obviously am not interested in fighting you. I'm pretty sure if I did, and as, soon as, De- as soon as Captain walks up, he'd kick my ass for kicking your ass. So, how about we just call it a truce for now, and then we figure out what to do from here. Do you still see them as captain not all this? What was that question again? Do you still see them as captain not of this? You serve them for a time being, but now they seem to be a bit unhinged. That's uh, just a bit of habit. It's like, when you've been in the, in the military as long as I have, it's hard to kind of break out of a lot of stuff. He's always been a captain to me. Hmm. Couldn't be me, but he tweets their own. Uh, yeah, I know he's an asshole, but that's part of his. That was part of his stick. Gonna walk over and start viciously slapping Declan in the face to try and get him to wake up. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, roll, uh, roll, go toe to toe. We'll see. Uh, roll for slap. 
Okay, well, well <laughs> anything I can think we used here. Um, hmm. You want to give him like a static shock slap or something to see if it'll jolt um, him awake? <laughs> I'm gonna go with straight out fingers, and I think I'll use. Hmm, I don't think anything will be apply. Um, good deep down the side to try and make sure he stays awake because if he doesn't, it could be a concussion. So, I want to keep trying to give it away. Helping hand. Well, repeat those tags one more time. Uh, good deep down inside. Oh, just the one? Just the one. I don't have money main tanks for slapping someone awake. <laughs> okay, then roll just roll plus one then. A nine. Okay, so... Oh, so... As you walk up to Declan... Like how do you how are you standing over him? Are you like just like standing over like bent down, or are you just like kind of squatting down to his level and just slapping him across the him. face? <laughs> uh, okay, how do I want to do this? Okay, so yeah, so do you get like a little bit of static going between your fingers as you? Oh no, this is a no powers. This is full on open palm. Wake up, bitch. <laughs> so yeah, so you just strike him across the face as hard as you could, and because you rolled a nine, how does Declan react as he is slapped awake? He's gonna just uh, kind of like autopilot as soon as he gets slapped in the face. He just fucking smacks him. He just punches a uh, punches down like as hard as he can, and then kind of wakes up. He's like, oh shit! So it's like, wake up! And then he's like, ah, boom! And you just get like he just socks you right in the nose, and you I'm just gonna feel try like and block if I can. Uh, yeah, I'll let you go ahead and roll face danger since it was mixed success. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see what I have to try and. And I'm gonna go ahead and give you a minus one since you're trying to strike someone out of his vision ah, okay. he's having. <laughs> um. Hmm. I'm, I want to say, turn myself in the water and uh, throw through narrow spaces to try and flow through the open fingers as he starts to close his hand. Uh, uh, turn myself in the water, uh, not flow through narrow spaces. Not through narrow spaces, really? Yeah, um, that that's more like if you're trying to get somewhere, not really trying to avoid. So, Damn. So it'll be a flat roll. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an eight, though. Yeah, so he's still, so he's still just gonna BAM! Like, right in your face, and you just... I'm not gonna give you a status, but basically he punched you so hard in the nose, your nose starts bleeding. So you get, like... So you just get, like, bloody... You just get a bloody nose, but I'm not counting it as a status. I've had harder. <laughs> you have. And then in the back, in the back, you just hear Proxima go, That's what she said! Yeah, fair enough. Oh, sorry about that, mate. I was having to... Dream and uh, you woke me up, and I got it's just a kind of a gut reaction at this point. Um, you seem to dream yeah. a lot. Is there a reason behind that? I'm a person, I dream like everyone does. Uh, hmm. I don't know, maybe narcolepsy, um, maybe, maybe you see, see something about that. Probably. I think there's like fucking oh. 25 30 different things a therapist, and I only see a therapist about. 
Oxbow just, as he's standing up, he's kind of walking over towards Katrina, and he just raises his eyebrow. It's like, you see a therapist? Oh, I can't afford one. Um, uh, and also, I don't want to, because it seems like a lot of effort. For very little. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, change that vision status up into two. Mm-hmm. So, that vision status I gave you, I think it was like during the very first session we did. Yeah. It's like up and up to two. Again, it's not negative or positive right now, and the more will be explained on that later. I'm kind of leaving that one in the dark for the time being. So, Proxwell just like, huh, that makes sense of him about you. And he just kind of starts removing the rubble off of Christina. And you can see Christina still is like, she's not knocked out, but she's just kind of, uh, because she's in, she has an in pain three status. Because she has been kicked and shocked by yeah, you guys. I'm going to pull my towards her. Just got to point at her face. Try to point at her head. It's like, Proxmo just kind of just knocks the gun away from her. It's like, whoa, 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 man. Let's not be hasty here. She did just say she killed, like, three people. Um, seems like a can. Maybe more. We haven't even asked her about that. Yeah. And she said she's stealing people's hearts. Only if they're good people as well. That seems yeah, pretty sorry, heartless, yeah. wouldn't you say? Yeah, fuck it, you with your puns, mate. It's like, Proxmo just gives you like a, there's a, Proxmo just gives you a look at his face like, not the time. For puns. <laughs> and Proxmo's just like, look, Captain, I know this looks bad. Trust me, I agree. She's a cunt. To where she just kind of like, I pay you. It's like, right now. I'm just gonna, as soon as she opens her mouth, I'm just gonna, like, cock the, you know, like, the, the cock the gun. I'm just gonna, like, point it. I'm just be like, shut your mouth. What you say, sorry. Definitely seems like blood vein to me. It's like, it's like, Proximo just knocks kind of the gun out of the way again. And he's just like, Declan, I know you've been having visions, and I have been feeling that there are two, that there's something going on that we need to get to the bottom of. I know, but you know, she's just got such a shootable face. It's like, you think everyone has a shootable face. You'd shoot me if we didn't get along so well. You do have a shootable face. Uh, I tend to talk and just go, he has a shootable face, doesn't he? You can imagine yourself shooting him in the face. Like, Kick him out and shoot him in the face! <laughs> at this point, Tadalak's also going to um, arm his finger gun and, and point it at her, because this is getting us nowhere. She might as well give us information before she kicks the bucket. Like, Fox was just like, can we put can we- the figurative and literal guns down for two seconds? And let's figure this out! Fine. Alright. Um. You. Whatever your name was. Um. Oh, you're talking yeah. to Christina? Yeah. So. Yeah, so. Yeah. Proximo just kind of helps get the rest of the rubble off her and helps her to her leg. She's kind of shaking a little bit. He's got her arm. She's got her arm wrapped around him to kind of steady herself. She just kind of gives you kind of this ice cold glare. Yeah, so what were you. It, You're saying before we start extraction because I, I am going to shoot you, but um, you seem like you're saying something important. 
It's like, I am part of a paladin order that is to prevent the return of the stackhead from coming back to this world and causing chaos and destruction. The only way to protect, to keep that from happening is if the heart of a true believer is sacrificed. And unfortunately, none of my hearts that I was able to collect had worked. So you Because they were not... You kill people, stole their hearts, for no reason. Right, I, thought they were, I thought they were true believers. The last one I did, he said he, he rapped about talk, being in touch with the divine. So I figured he must have been a believer. And apparently, those were lies on his part. Yeah. I mean, you seem oh, like sure. a pretty hard believer. Why don't you try and sacrifice yourself? Yeah, you believe in You said you were a paladin. Why don't we take out your heart and do the thing? Because the paladin has to be the one to do the ritual, and I am the last oh, of, of my order. Right, make me part of the somewhere. Yeah, make Tarlok part of your order, and then uh, he'll do it with your heart. I don't have that kind of power. Well, you're the last no. one. Literally the order, the, literally, the order ends with me. Once I'm gone, that's it. Well, how did you become part of the order? Um, it happened when <laughs> I just realized I had been actually using Proximo's voice for Christina's <laughs> a little bit. So, and she's just like, it was when the rift awoke in me, I felt the presence of the avenging angel overtake me. And I, and from then I was inducted into an order with other angel paladins. But they have all since long passed due to trying to prevent the return of the stackhead. But got to get one of their hearts because they, you know, they believed in you. The stack, the the beast gang, are the servants of the stackhead. They want him to return so they can live in the destruction and chaos that they want to live under. Basically, anarchy without the government aspects. Cool. Um, so, what, what? So, you were wanting us to go and, well, you were wanting Proxima to go kill someone and, and take their heart? No. Uh, he was only paid to get the schematics of the church, so that way I know exactly where. The gateway is in this church, so that way I can prevent the stack has return. I was the one that committed the murders, as you want to call them. Well, they were murders. I don't want to call them anything. You murdered people. That's exactly what happened. Well, if the stackhead does return because of my failure, I technically provide them a service from not having to live to see the destruction. And then, if we do succeed, then yes, I would admit to it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, if we do succeed, I'm probably going to shoot you in the face. Um, if we don't succeed, I'm still going to shoot you in the face. And she's just kind of like, whatever. And Proximo is just kind of, she, Proximo helps her sit down in one of the old pew, cha- in one of the old pew chairs. And he's just like, I don't believe in all this this staghead return destruction stuff she's saying necessarily 
but I know when there's something going on that can be explained. So what was your initial then? What was your plan? Your plan was to kill people and be like, oh, I wonder if this heart works. How many people were you planning to kill before you were like, oh, well, maybe this whole thing maybe isn't working? Yeah, you, know, you tried three times. Couldn't find one. Is, is, is it like a believer in the, which God? In like the Judeo-Christian God or in like the, you know, could it, could it be really into Norse mythology? Uh, I need you to roll me convince because she is getting to the point where she does not want to talk to you anymore. Okay. It's like uh, she's answered so many questions to you, and you basically tried to shoot her in the face. Don't want to. So you'll have to roll. You'll have to roll convince if you want to get her to say more. Rugged, authoritative. Um, and I'm actually going to put a good shot in there because, like, she was saying, I'm going to shoot her in the face if she didn't do what I say. I'll allow it. Yes, I'll allow a good shot for this one. So yeah, that'd be plus two for you to roll. Thirteen. Oh, okay, yeah, good. going on the good rules again. So, yeah, she just kind of looks at you, she glares at you for a moment, and then she just sighs, and then she's like, she looks at, down at her watch, and it's like an old-timey kind of like hand watch, and I've honestly have lost track of time, so I'm trying to figure out like what time it would be now. Did we say it was like almost two when, y'all, when you arrived at the Beast Gang hideout for the last session? Or was it earlier than that? Similar timing. We'll just say for we'll just say at this time it is like maybe two two thirty when she looks at the clock on her watch at her watch, and she looks back up to you says, "If we do not, if I do not have a proper sacrifice of a true believer by the time midnight of Hallow's Eve comes around, the staghead will break free from his imprisonment." And no, it's not any god belief that you have to has to be of. It's basically like, are you like, basically, are you like a true believer, like really good person, like you would lay down your life to protect those you care about, kind of deal. From what I've in, from what I've interpreted from the work from the leather bound handbook that I have. Wait, wait, if that's the case. You should be able to talk to anyone in the city if they said they would sacrifice their life, then you would, they would gladly sacrifice theirs. But you're taking it without them being willing. So you're directly going against the words you've read. Simply will not do. So, Talak, I want you to roll and investigate for me. And this is going. what you're doing with this is this is going to reveal how much you know about the other, about all the three murders that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd like to do a flashback then to Slarlock doing investigative, investi- investigative work. Yes, I completely forgot we have the flashback move that you all mm-hmm. get to do once per session, and this... I think... Do you still have to roll? I think you still have to roll for it. Let me double-check really quick. Oh, I, I still do once we're in the flashback, I believe so. Yeah, describe an action carried out by your character in the past and make a move for that action. The outcome of the move mm-hmm. affects the current scene. Describe events from your character's backstory that become relevant now. The MC can award you with one juice or one clue based on your description. So there's a lot of this you're going to go around to different clientele, which has a, a rather expansive network and try and gain information from different people and try and promote awareness for the situation so you can scourge any little bits. 
Okay, so I'm going to have you roll change the game then for that flashback. Okay. Uh, not investigate. Okay. Um, then I think Nindil's do well, uh, add. Here's how I'm looking at it. You're using change the game because you're trying to get information. And then what you can do is you can use that change the game status as part of your investigate role to be how much you will get from all that information. Okay, so I'm going to use then self-driven promoter. Uh, small-time fixer to basically do work for different people and get information if I can from each individual I, I ask. And also plug in their relentless smoother as well to be able to talk to people and say the right things. Okay, uh, repeat those one more time for me. So self-driven promoter, small-time fixer, and relentless smoother. Uh, how small-time fixer play in this with you getting information? Do small little jobs and help people out with with small tasks in order to be able to be on the people's side. Okay. I'm going to activate your weakness tag, small fish in a big pond, because you are basically one person talking to all these various people trying to find details. And you're possibly getting, like, either the same thing from multiple people or just wildly weird, crazy things from multiple people. Gotcha. So I believe that brings me out to a plus two in total. That's correct. And you get another attention on that theme as well that the weakness tag is under. Uh, bringing that one up to plus three, so I get a bonus from that after I take this roll. That's a ten. I'm gonna change the game. And you get juice. Okay, so change the game on complete success. Hold on a second. Sorry. Well, what's that noise? Okay, there we go. Sorry, that noise threw me off for a second. <laughs> okay, change the game. Uh, okay, so you got so on a ten plus, you get a minimum of two juice, and you got two juice because you rolled for the two power. But you Maybe also three power in total. I used uh, minus the weakness. Well, it's the power you use plus it's the power you use for your roll, so it doesn't count the three power tags you used. It's basically okay. the overall total that includes your weakness tag. So you, you get two juice, and you get the options from create a story tag, burn a power tag, give or reduce a status. But you, and then you can also choose to use your juice on these also falling effects that you got a 10. Scale up the effect, greater area or more targets, prolong the effect to make it outgoing, hide the effect, or any other improvement you and the MC agree on. I think I'm just going to go with create tags to get the information out of this, so create two tags. So, what would be a good tag to apply for getting information on certain aspects of the murders? Hmm. It's like, I would just say you could call it, like, information one, and then if you want to, you can scale up the effect to make it like you got more information from people, so it would be like an info two. Why not? So I'll go low-life information, too. Okay, and then now that you got that from the flashback, you you can add that to an investigate role. Okay, so I'm going to go shadow and observe, plus the two information I got from the change the game. So you will be rolling plus three. Perfect. That's 11. Okay, so on investigate, you get three. You get three clues, in which I will give you just straight up answers to. 
Okay. Three clues. So, yeah, you can mm. just ask me any three questions about what these murders that, because this is what you're learning is you're, talk, you're talking to her about the people that murdered, and you're going to basically recall information that you heard about these people. Okay. Information about the people. Um, okay. Um, any obvious factors that connect all these three individuals? So, right off the bat, no. There is absolutely nothing that connects these individuals to each other. They were all from different walks of life and different backgrounds. Because you have, and I'll just tell you who the three murder victims were. If I can find the page on here that tells me them all. Okay, yeah. The first, so, you know the latest one, Sahib Bashara, was a local rapper known for inspiring lyrics. I've talked about a direct relationship with the Divine. Then before him was a man named Frank Dalton. That was two nights before that, actually. He was a genuine, kind high school student who was always welcome anywhere in the neighborhood thanks to his rolling laughter and the ability to diffuse any animosity by cracking jokes. And then before that, three, like almost three nights previous to that, was a woman named Corina Dulac a righteous lady who frequented church regularly and was well-known in the community for her charity work. Okay. Hmm. These individuals. Well, we already have, frankly, the murderer right by us. What more information would I really need? I'll go ahead and give you kind of a second clue right off the bat. Um... You were getting on to her for why these hearts were not working. And you remember that was specifically that Karina Duloc, that several people knew that, that had came out after she had died, that she was apparently very harsh and domineering over her family and was sometimes considered to be very abusive to like her husband and her children despite the charitable exterior she would put on for people. Well, that's certainly a shame. Yeah, and then I'll, this will be part the other one. Frank Dalton, he, oh. even though he loved his community, he always expressed wanting to leave and get out of there. So maybe by this, maybe by that saying, he wasn't a true believer of the city. We don't know. And then, as we said, for Sahib Bashara, he, he lied about his lyrics, basically. His relationship with the Divine was not as divine as he made others believe. Mm. And you still have one more clue that you can use it now, or you can bank it for later for any other kind of question that you have relating to this. Mm. Well, relating to this, at least... Would I know a location where a person that would fit all these good attributes would most likely reside in any any world I have on the street of a particularly charitable individual or anyone that would purely be from the society's outlook, pure of heart? Um, unfortunately, you can't think of one at the top of your head. Damn, not even at a location where one might be? Or where individuals that are saintly? Um, 
you you can't think of one, but as you are thinking this, the image of the uh, the graffiti that was on the Beast Gang's hideout pops into your head, and you remember a voice that asked you if you were a true believer. Intriguing, indeed. So Declan, are you shooting them yet? Well, he's like Declan got his own. Like, I'm gonna gonna fire them like right now, or we're gonna leave because I see the situation going nowhere fast, and plus I need some sleep. You just you right. as soon as you hear as soon as you say that you see Proximo's hands just alight with fireballs in his hands, as he is like, Captain, I'm warning you both. I don't want to hurt either of you, but we need her alive. If we're going to figure this out. Oh, it's funny that you think you could. Uh, you know, I'm not seeing a... Uh, I'm not really seeing a... Uh, what's going on there anymore, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm not really seeing a, a way out of this that doesn't... But, Declan, do you still have any contacts with the city police? Decisions, decisions. Or sorry, in the case. Because I believe we just found a murderer. We might want to call it in. You just see Proxmo just kind of look back and forth between you all and Christina. And he just... He just kind of... he, The, the fireballs kind of just go out in his hands and he just kind of looks at Christina. He's like... Well, it'd be better for the for you to go into to the police station than for these guys to kill you. I'm sorry. And then he turns back to you, Declan. Actually, no, the schematic is still on the altar. So if you're wanting to take that back to the art gallery, then you can do that too. Yeah, might as well. If um, Decky won't take it, I might snag it. Declan will go take it. He'll, he'll do his job. His reputation being ruined. Um, I'm just going to turn to Tarlock and just be like, uh, why don't you take this fucker to the police and then, uh... Yeah. Um, I'll sort some out Proxima. We'll uh, sit down and have a chat. Get a drink or something. Um, I'll take you away with me and, and uh, we'll try and sort this shit out. I, mean, I don't know what the fuck we've got ourselves involved in, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you so, see. You all see Proximo just kind of summon some vines from the ground and he uses them to kind of tie up her hands in front of her. And do you still have the guns, Talek, that she was carrying? Are you still holding them or did you put them down somewhere? I have them in my back pockets. Okay, so. If you want to put the, if you want to add the story tag like silver gun, silver pistols to your character sheet, I'll let you have those if you want to keep them. Yeah. Or it's I'll like them over just... to Declan. He, he probably uses these a bit more better than I can. Yeah. So you, yeah, you can add silver pistols to your for your list of story tags. I'll let you have, and that'll be there as long as you have those pistols. Mm-hmm. 
So I guess as a Prague's present to Declan, because he definitely could find a lot more use out of these than I can. So are you all just going to wait at that old church for the police to show up and take her away? I think I'm gonna... he will send Declan on his way, since Declan isn't particularly the stealth individual he knows, and plus a lot of can hide in the rafters a bit more liquidy. So you're basically just calling in, and then you're all just just noping out of there, basically. Deuces, yeah. I'm going to uh, just get a piece of paper out, like, just find a piece of paper from somewhere, like, I've got a notebook or something for doing like yeah I, I said I had that card that, that bug for inventory earlier I'm gonna get that just right up right on the piece of paper I've murdered three people put me in jail then I'm gonna like just kind of like get a pin and just pin it to a jacket <laughs> and then just walk out I was also gonna mention oh. plus murder weapons are right there plus probably some bloodstains blood or whatever she used uh, yeah and also there is like some blood on the altar, and the blood is connected to all the three victims, so once the forensics team will get in there, they'll find out, oh yeah, this is all the victims' blood on this altar. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Proxima, with that case, Proxima will tie her feet up too, and she'll just kind of lean her her back against the altar, just leave her there, and she he's just like, sorry, and just starts walking away. Alright, I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna get in the car with Proxima and take him to a bar. Um, as you both are leaving, oh, I'm uh, going to take the uh, I'm take the schematics as well and bring them back too. Okay. Yeah. As you grab the schematics, she looks up at you with just this coldest glare, and she's like, "Don't be crying to me when the world turns upside down." No, well, you'll be in jail, so I don't know how I'd see you. Anyway, have a good. I'll see you hopefully never again. Yeah, so all three of you leave the church. Um, whoever, one of, I guess, uh, who places the call into the police? Talak will do it as slightly a very much a hushed voice and kind of to do like very bare minimum speaking. Yeah, so it's basically like 911, what's your emergency? And you just basically tell them about, hey, we think the murderer of the, those three victims is in this church tied up. And Essentially, he will say, "Oh my God, there's a person dead up in the chest. There's no beside Oh, the horrors!" It's essentially along that degree. Yeah, you basically just tell him like where to find it, and before they get anything else, you just quickly click, hang up the phone. Oh no, they're coming! Ah, ah, ah. Yeah. Okay, so the three of you are just standing there. Uh, what are we going to do now? Mysteries Unknown will return after this message. Crime in the city is tough. As a top detective in the precinct, I have to be even tougher and rougher on the scum of the city. Which is why there's no better coffee I trust to keep me on my toes than a nice hot cup of homebrew coffee. On a normal day on the job, a cup of the good old Sacred Flame Roast with its blend of dark chocolate and fruit makes it not just flavorful, but keeps my nose to the curb as well. And for those long nights of paperwork and clue finding, just a single cup of one-shot espresso is all I need to get my grind in the gear and get going. So, whether you're hunting down the bad guys or just crunching numbers at the office, get yourself a nice batch of homebrew coffee. When the going gets tough, homebrew makes you tougher. 
visit www.thehomebrewcoffeehouse.com for your made-to-order fresh roasted coffee today. And now, back to Mysteries Unknown. Declan, can you hand me those cigarettes? I want to have a bit of a closer look if I can. Oh, what'd you say, sorry? Could you hand me those schematics? I might have a bit of a closer look. Yeah, go for a minute. I just had them back. Oh, Is it you in the car with me in Proximo? I believe so. I'm in a back seat so I can stretch out my legs. Well, Proximo rode over there on his old military motorcycle that he had. You all followed him in his car. So he's kind of just sitting up on the side of his bike just watching the two of you. Uh, and what are you trying to do to lock with the schematics? Hmm. I don't really know too much about it, but I think I might know a guy, and I think I picked my improvement as the improvement of uh, another, another power tag along the lines of, I know a guy. So I'm going to try and see if my informant has anything that I know, I know by calling them up. Alright, and I, who's this informant's name? This would probably be... That gave me a few seconds to come up with a very quick name on the spot. This would probably be Jacqueline Dupont. Jacqueline Dupont. Huh, that's an interesting name. Mm-hmm. She's very French. Uh, another a, a French, another French person, but now a woman. Mimi. It's like oh ho to luck. Ah, mon ami, my favorite informant. Um. I believe you may have some information on a limited item I've sent to you. Uh, just the schematics. Uh, I've appeared to have a bit of a interested clientele in a certain bit of accoutrement. So maybe you could have a bit of a look, maybe make a few calls, see if you have anything come up. If not, it's perfectly fine, but if you could, I would oh, be deeply in your debt. Oh, did you basically just call her up and like send her a picture of the schematics? Oh, essentially, yeah. <laughs> She's like, ooh. I'm much very like, but maybe if I do this, we discuss it over dinner and a night stay. Uh, maybe we will have to see if my plans change. I'll give you updates for sure. So mysterious, Tarlock, but that is why I love you so. But- I love everyone. All right, you gold-hearted man of yours. I'll take a look at this and let you know what I find out. Ah, you're a doll. Ta-ta for now. She just goes up and click, the phone hangs up. And Prox was just kind of like, Oi, you done flirting over there? Yeah, that was a weird fucking time. definitely done. It'd be fine. I'll be, you if you like. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be fine. <laughs> All right. So Proximo just kind of looks at you, Declan. He's like, all right, Captain. What do we do now? Honestly, mate. I don't fucking know. Um, I don't think we should go after some fucking gold-hearted. Some, some, basically, she was saying, go find someone who's fucking really nice. Kill them. I basically harvest their organs because they're a really nice person. Right? That's that was her plan. 
Now, that something, something in their plan doesn't quite sit right with me. It's probably the murdering of the, one of the nicest people ever. Um, so, my counter to that is, um, I've got a couple of ideas. Number one, we just wait until this fucking goat demon or whatever the fuck he called it, whatever the fuck she called it, that thing, that appears, and we just kill it. That's number one. Number two, we, you know, just go to, like, an organ bank, or, like, you know, wherever hospital store organs, just keep stabbing people who've donated their organs hearts. Because we're not killing anyone, we're just kind of stabbing hearts until we get lucky. I mean, I have an idea. Since, probably, assumedly, her and the gang we're after may be hunting down the same individuals, because in order to stop this resurrection, or start it, you need the heart. Or at least the absence of one, which, if you eliminate the source of it, will definitely take away from the stopping plan. So if we find someone who fits the description we can protect, we can potentially help both sides, depending on who we see as most forthright. It's like, or, or, hear me out, we say fuck everything, fuck everyone for now, and we just have ourselves a few pints. Oh no, wait. Fox, are you alcoholic? I love you. Let's go. So are you just going to hop into his little sidecar he's got on his motorcycle? Yeah, why not? I can fit two narrow spaces. <laughs> yeah, so you just kind of plop, and it's like, you're like way smaller than the sidecar, so you're like, like I just imagine you like your D's up to your chest, and it's still like bigger than you. <laughs> and he's just like, ah, I like your friend here, Captain. Yeah, he's all right. Have a way with people. All right. Anyway, yeah, so, let's go get pissed. You know a good place? Uh, I know several. Um, but there is one that reminds me of home, so I'm gonna go there. One. Uh, so I'm gonna go to the uh, the same bar that he was at the beginning, the Fox and Hound. <laughs> yeah. So we'll just cut over to you three walking into the bar, and you see bartender Mary just clean her glass away and she's like and she sees you like oh good evening gentlemen I'll be right with y'all in just a moment sweethearts again alright I'm just gonna go up to the bar and just be like um what do you guys want anything with the kilo of vodka alright um what do you want I'm paying for this one because I'm you know getting paid as soon as we hand these schematics back. Oh, yeah, I'm Proximo. I completely forgot for a moment I was Proximo. <laughs> uh, he's like, uh, just give me the hardest thing you got. Phrasing. And yeah, not phrasing. It's like, well, really, Captain? I was not expecting that from you. You made it easy, mate. That was... You fucking give me the hardest thing you got. I mean, come on, mate. You're... Okay, the hardest drink you got. And so... 
she just quickly makes you all your drinks. And uh, what does she make? Well, just tell me what she makes for you guys. Eglin just asked for like a pint of Guinness or something like that. He's, he's, he's like a 45-year-old, 50-year-old dude who's from England, so he drinks Guinness. What's Talek drinking? Well, he's feeling fruity, so tequila sunrise. And then you just see as uh, Proximo gets this large glass that's got like maybe eight different kinds of liquor in it. And then the you see Mary just light a match and set it on fire on the top. I'm just gonna look at it. That Douglas is gonna look at him just saying, just says, yeah, I'm not gonna carry you home once you finish that. You can make your own way crawl home. That'll put a hair on your chest for sure. It's like Proxmo just kind of ra- raises his arm a little bit at you, and you can see it's like just completely like covered in hair. It's like, uh, been drinking this thing, been drinking this same kind of stuff most of my life. He's and he just downs it, it flames and all. He's gonna piss himself in an alley later. Uh, well, actually, due to, well, my abilities, I'll call it, I actually have a higher tolerance, surprisingly enough. I can drink like 20 of these before I feel a thing. Is that a bat? Uh, yeah. Uh, what happens if you drink 70? What? I don't know. I never got that high. Yeah, I just kind of want to see you get so pissed that you, you know. <laughs> so. All right. So we're going to start. We're going to start making this a montage now. So what we're going to do is. We're going to move this to, wait, yeah, downtime montage moment now. So what you guys can do is four montages, if I can get this open right. You can either give attention to one of your logo themes and you tell me how you'll do it. Uh, you can work the case, which you tell everyone how you do it, and you gain three clues with a method and a source on your base of your description. You can explore your mythos. And you tell us how to do it, and you get one clue to explore that mythos. You can prepare for your next activity, which gives you three juice to change the game with. Or you can recover from your last activity, which Declan may need to do because he still has a stab three from a yeah. still kind of ble- bleeding wound in his leg. Yeah, I'm, I'm a recover. I think that's going to be my, uh, my thing. All right, so uh, I'm trying to think of how you're going to... Because you, because I don't think you, you don't have anything that can just instantly heal that, do you? You don't have like magical powers like that to heal. Because because alcohol's uh, alcohol's a blood thinner, so I'm I'm gonna say like uh up until now is 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 kind of wound kind of stopped bleeding a little bit uh, as he kind of tied something around it, but then he started drinking quite a lot with the uh, these guys, and then like because it's a blood thing, the wound just kind of opened up and his legs started gushing with blood, so someone had to call a hospital. <laughs> he <Jeez. crushed> up. <laughs> And the injury was all a dream. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. He just wakes up and is like, oh, the stab was a dream. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like you kind of just bandage it up and you it's like a you have like a you have like bloody two for the moment until you get it fixed. As you guys are all drinking stuff. Uh how, what does Talek do? What does Talek want to do? He's going to research a bit more into his mythos theme, uh God of Red and Lightning. 
Because the mystery behind that is who threatened to blot out the fifth sun. Essentially, who threatened to bring about a world-ending threat. And I think that bringing forth this demonic-esque stag may be essentially that. So he's going to do a bit more research into the enemies and who threatens the world. So I'm I'm I'm, gonna, I'm seeing you just you're just kind of just scrolling through your phone as you guys are just drinking away at the bar. He occasionally puts on a set of spectacles and, and looks through a rather old-timey book that he, that he picked out and just essentially throughout the montage just occasionally flash over to him meticulously reading as they're getting super fucking pissed. It's like, yeah, in the background you just hear Proximo. He's probably like on his like, Proximo I think has like had 15 at this moment. We'll say like an hour, another hour or so has passed. And... How much how much has Declan drunk by this time? Declan's one of those like uh, people who just drinks beer, so he's probably got like if Proxima's had fifteen of those drinks, he's probably got fifteen beers, and his abilities do not prevent him from uh, from feeling the effects of alcohol the same way other people do. So fifteen beers, he's fifteen pints, he's a bit fucked. He's he's pretty fucked, and now that's when his leg starts fucking bleeding. <laughs> yeah, so Proxima is just like. <laughs> That's like, come on, Captain! Hick! <laughs> um, and I believe also that brings me up to three attention on that expression theme, so I get to pick an improvement. Yes, um, but before we do anything on that, you also got one clue from exploring this mythos, so... Is there a certain question you have when you're trying to explore this mythos and looking this stuff up? Okay. Hmm. We have the gang, that was later. I'm going to do a bit more research into the the voice I heard, see if anything links up, any sort of points I can kind of connect the dots in to mm. the, qu the question of worthiness I had in my head. Oh, let me think here how I want to do that. Okay, what's your question again? Any more information I can get about the source of this voice I heard, that was the question of worthiness, the one I heard when we were invading the gang previously. Okay. So... I actually want you to... Hmm. Trying to think out how I want to play this out. Um, okay, so, here's how we're gonna do it. Explain to us really quick, Telex Mythos. Okay, so Telex Mythos, he is one of the creator deities in Aztec mythology. Uh, Telalok being the god of, god of rain and lightning as well. Um, hmm, mastery over certain aspects of that, the rain that gives life, the rain that enhances crops, but also causes storms and havoc, kind of the duality of that. Um, anything particularly you would like to know? Um, hold on. Oh, okay. So, Telok is actually the name of the Aztec god for rain and lightning. Okay, so... Yeah, that's it. We share the name. So, okay, yeah, I don't know I spaced down on that part. So, 
What we're gonna say is, as you're scrolling, and you, you're like kind of reaching into the recess of your mind, everything just fades for a moment. And you now see standing before you, actually here's what we'll say, the bar is still there. Everyone disappears kind of momentarily, and instead of uh, Bartender Mary in front of you, you see the actual physical man, physical form of the god Talak. It's been a while, and I'm going to see um, dap up the god, so a, a very routinely structured three-stage handshake about to happen. Yeah, so I have no clue what the handshake looks like, so I'm just going to say you all do this handshake. Bum bum, and... dim dim, under, over, jellyfish. <laughs> So, Talak, the, the actual god Talak, looks at you, and he's like, So, you want to know what it means to be a true believer? That's hopefully why you came here. Well, I came to you, it's a bit of, it's a bit hazy on who, what, who, were. Uh... Yeah, you just... You see as a, to, the god Talak grabs like some tequila bottles from behind him, makes a quick drink for himself. And as he's doing it, he's like, Well, when it comes to what a true believer is, it really depends on how you look at it. For some, it means that you are a follower of whatever faith you believe. To some, it means being a good person. But how you define a good person can also vary. And some, for some, it just means only just having hope. Well, you sound like a third-year psych student, but definitely it makes sense. Like, I'm a god of red and lightning, not of everything. And he finishes making his drink, he just takes a good sip from it. Like, you... Had an encounter with the avenging angel I saw through your eyes. I think she was just vengeful rather than avenging anything in particular. She seemed to have a lot of anger. I wanted to direct that towards a certain goal. I have to admit, I don't. Her heart was in the right place for what she was trying to do, just the method of it was not correct. Her heart, maybe. The hearts of others, not so much. Unfortunately, her words about only a power than being able to do the ceremony was right. If she was to do it herself, the ceremony wouldn't work. There are things older than I, older than you, that exist in this city. And the Staghead is one that is feared by all. Hmm. Not the last Paladin. I didn't think she'd be such a bitch, but we might still need her. True. It's up to you, good boy, if you want to use her or not. Just don't write everything she says off. Some, as you know, some things in the city are more true than what they appeared to be. And at those words, he fades out and everything else fades back in. 
as you see uh, Declan and Proximo just going at it, drinking more. Perfect. And the improvement Declan I chose was the perfect storm. Declan's now bleeding quite heavily out of his leg, and uh, I think probably someone behind the bars noticed. <laughs> Yeah, we're now Bartender Mary just kind of looks up. She's kind of stepped around to clean something up, but she sees like there's blood dripping from your leg, and she's like, "Oh, honey, you're bleeding. Do I need to call an yep. ambulance?" Um, one second. I'm not sure if I'm just very, very drunk, or if I am suffering from blood loss. And then he just fucking collapses. <laughs> so it's not. It's a combination of both, kind of probably at this point. <laughs> It's like, you just see Proximo kind of like, oh, I got you, Captain, as he gets down. He stumbles a little bit, but he's not too drunk. And he just kind of picks you up, flings your, flings your arm around him, and he just kind of helps you outside of the bar. It's like, come on, I'll take you to the ER. We'll get that wound fixed up. Yeah, Declan's out. Like, he's fucking passed out. Yeah. Uh, Talak, is there anything you want to do? He's gonna lean out the window and shout, "You better have healthcare. All that, all that repair is gonna cost you a, a probably a heart and a half." Proximo just kind of looks at you, kind of like he doesn't know if he should laugh or not after everything that's gone on through the day. But he just kind of <laughs> nice and puts a uh, Declan in his sidecar, and Declan's legs just kind of hang out from the sidecar a little bit because I imagine Declan being like a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then Proximal just kind of hops on and just starts slowly riding off towards the hospital to get you repaired. So we're going to have a couple hours pass. And we're going to make a second montage scene. So we're going to say it's now... Say about 6, 7 o'clock. What do you guys want to do for this montage? Um, as Declan got out of hospital. Um, I'll say at this point, he's still kind of... Yeah, I'll say that you don't have to do anything for this. I'll say you have, a, like, a stitched-up one status. So they got you fixed up and stitched up in your leg. As you as you kind of walk out of the hospital and Proximo's just kind of waiting right there for you. So remove my, uh, my other... My, uh, my stab three stutters. Yeah, your stab three is now stitched one. And Proximo just kind of chuckles as you step out. He's like, well, Declan, Captain, looking good as new. Um, I feel like talk shit, so let's, let's you know, roll out and oh, fuck my head. Well, um, you always look it, so that makes sense. Well, you know, yeah, fair enough. I mean, thank you for complimenting my appearance so much. Gives, gives my uh, gives my ego does 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 wonders for my ego. Um, anyway, uh, I think we should probably do something in the way of uh, sorting out the inevitable apocalypse that seems to be uh, looming over us. Proximo just looks at you like, oh, so now you think there might be an apocalypse? Um, I mean. You don't rip out people's hearts for no reason. I mean, actually, no, some people do rip out people's hearts for no reason, but that's another matter. Um, she seemed like 
she was genuinely pissing herself about something. I think it's real, whatever. I just think the way she went around um, about, you know, trying to solve it was, uh, well, she was evil. She was doing evil things to basically just regular people. But, yeah, I think, I think she, she's, she wouldn't have gone through all trouble if it wasn't real. And, uh, you know, I've been having these strange dreams about it. And they normally are fairly accurate. Yeah. Hawks was like, well, before we do that, you need to still go return that tapestry. What did you say, sorry? No, Proxmo looks at you and is like, well, before we do anything else, do you need to go return that tapestry? Yeah, yeah I'll do that now. Uh, and that's what I'm going to do in my downtime is I'm going to go return that tapestry. So we can say that could be... Oh, actually, could I use this as working the case? Um, could I basically ask uh, the French guy, I can't remember his name, like basically where he got from and like see if he's got any extra information about it? Uh, hmm. Let me, let me think here for a second. I don't know if I have, if I don't know if it prepares me for anything like that in this case. Okay, I may be able to make some stuff up on the fly for this. So, yeah, if you want to work the case and ask, uh... Dang it, I forgot his name already. Yeah, uh... Michael Amagi, yeah, if you want to ask him stuff about this, then yeah, we can do that, if you want. Yeah, basically, I'm just going to ask him... I don't know what the questions are, but I'm just going to ask him to give me all the information he has about this stuff. Peace. Yeah. So Prox was like, all right, we'll take care of you. I'm going to take you back to your car first. I'm pretty sure I don't want to be seen around there since I was the one that broke into it. Yeah, I'm just going to I'm just gonna have to run off for like 10 minutes. Um, but can you do Talala what Talala is doing first and then I'll be right back. I'm sorry, I've got to go grab some food. All right, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Be right back. See you right, in a so sec. Yeah, so we'll cut over to Talak. And what are you going to do now, Talak? Okay, he's going to explore his second mythos, which is wherever water is, wherever, wherever there is water, there I am. And he's essentially going to hop across boys of water throughout the city and try and get as fast as he can and basically trying to emerge himself within the water and try and make that make himself become one since his previous talk was with the god Talalak and in doing so is also going to try and look out the crime scenes for each of the murders and see if he can pick up anything in particular that maybe the angel left there or maybe anyone who's looking at the crime scenes or anyone who seems suspicious anything he can kind of recall at all oh so you're working the case too and you're going back over all the crime old crime scenes uh, yes. Do, doing the explore your mythos and getting the one clue from that. Oh. What, well, what mythos are we choosing now? What does it mean to be everywhere? Uh, yeah. Okay. And. Well, the one clue is usually supposed to be about exploring your mythos. For this case, so that's why I was like, 
I figured you were just turning in the water and going around the city looking at all the old crime scenes. I mean... Hmm, I'm trying to quite a benefit from it to the case and... Did, did, didn't want to be too selfish. Um... I mean, if you want to, I'll allow you to, like, if you want to make that clue to be, like, something about the case, and I may have something important depending on what you ask. I'll be cheeky and ask it, why not? Okay. This is going out throughout the little crime scenes. What's to see if anyone from the Beast Gang is lurking around, anyone who can kind of sort of tail as we encountered them at their previous base maybe they have a new one they could lead us to I think let's have a side we haven't heard about properly so as far as you know uh okay so a fact that you pick up quickly as you're exploring some of the crime scenes is so the beast gangs have their own graffiti that they will spray paint over the town because their main thing is they just want to live as free without any rules or laws. That is the main motto for the Beast Gang. It's basically just straight up anarchy. And you look at the graffiti that is at the crime scenes, it's the same, but it's a lot more neater than say how the Beast Gangs would. Basically what Christina was doing is she was trying to implicit that the Beast Gangs were the ones doing the murders by leaving like the feathers and having the bear claws to tear open chest and leaving the graffiti behind. Yeah. So Christina was basically being trying to cover up her own murders. And I'll throw in a fun little it's detail. Such a deceiver she was. What? Such a righteous deceiver she was. Preaching all this holy crap and then turning around framing another. Yeah. You also, I'll say this, you also find at one of the crime scenes, actually you find it at Sahir Bashid, Sahir Bashid's crime scene, you see a small caliber bullet shell. Hmm. So, yeah, what Christina would actually do was she would actually shoot them through the heart, and that, which would kill them, and then she would basically recreate the crime, the scene of the crime like it was a beast gang murder. She would shoot them through the heart, but didn't she need the heart in order to do the ritual? Um... Uh, in the, in, the, in the case lore, it says that she believed that you need the heart, but no, it never said anything about the heart being in one piece. Okay, so she was definitely crazy. So, yeah, you asked for if the Beast Gangs, like, their hideout, as far as you know, they're still in that old abandoned uh, office building. They have not moved anywhere. Very good to know. So, and as you're kind of exploring, your phone rings as your... I forgot her name already. The French lady. Oh, you mean Jacqueline Dupont? Yeah, Jacqueline Dupont calls you again. Hello, mon ami. Hello, my dear. Uh, I'm just recalling you back. Um, This is a very ancient... A piece of paper that you said to me. Where did you get this? Ah, uh, you know I cannot give up my connections. They were bit. Um, how do I put this in terms that I could 
Felix Press. Um, sensitive. Uh, always the man of mystery. I just thought you couldn't have gotten it anywhere from around here. Because this piece of paper is ancient. It's like... And is this the... Is this an old schematic of the church down by the docks? Yeah, there's some renovations. Uh, just some people needed it or wanted it. It didn't particularly matter either way. It's like, that church is older than the city. I'm amazed that such a piece of paper like this would still be around in one piece. So you're thinking it was definitely preserved in some way? Oh, most definitely. It's like, someone has taken good care of this. Hmm. So, this is the original and not, not a, um, copy of any case. It was preserved entirely. Oh, actually, I'm looking and I see the seal of the, of the, uh, church's create, of the people who made the church on it. This is authentic as can be. Um, <clears throat> let's see, um, would they happen to have a name by chance? The creators? Yeah. I just have a symbol for the name. It was lost to time, but I believe if I... And you just kind of hear her just kind of clickety-clack, clickety-clack. Just typing away for a moment as... It's like, yes, I see the image here, but the name of this place has been lost to time. Apparently it was some old paladin order. You do not, you do, you do not say. This is definitely... Definitely intriguing. Um, thank you for this information. Um, I shall send your payment in the next quarter. And our dinner plans? I have to take a rain check, one could, one could say. I'm a bit occupied at the moment. Nothing just came up within a moment. I, I apologize. Don't you keep a lady waiting? It makes waiting the pleasure more so much deeper. Yeah. Alright, Talak dear. You'll have yourself a good night. You as well. Alright. And then she clicks. And then... Are you back with us, Tom? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, yeah I'm back. So, we're good. Alright, you're good. So, are you good to kind of start up your scene now? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we're gonna cut back from Talek as he clicked his phone. You, Proxwell got you to your car, you drove back to the art gallery, and you returned the tapestry to Michael, Ama Michael Amagi. And he sees you pull up, and he's reset like, it's like, Declan, my good sir, did you find it? Gonna like it Declan just kinda throws the uh throws the bag with the um with the schematics over to him. It's like he uh quickly like takes it out and furls it and he just see his eyes like shine brightly as he reaches behind him he pulls out a thick envelope, like a brown meal envelope, and tosses it to you. It's like I always appreciate your service, sir Declan. You are truly the best. I'm aware of that, but I'm gonna need to have a chat with you. You might. He just raises an eyebrow and he's like, What do you mean, good sir? Well, when we was, uh, when we were, uh, reacquiring that for you, 
There was some uh, interesting things that. Uh, anyway, uh, there was. Some woman murdering people uh, and she was trying to get her hands on it uh, we ended up taking her to jail it was a whole thing but um and you see michael just go oh good god sir is it the was is that the same person who's killing those poor people yeah she's not anymore so there's so it all taken care of um but you're gonna have to tell me where you got this from and basically any information you've got about because there's a uh, yeah there's some craziness going on surrounding you um he just kind of looks at you for a moment. He's kind of like fidgeting. He's not sure what to say. He's like, Sir Declan, I respect you and admire you for what you do, but even you must understand I cannot give you all my sources. <sighs> Fucking hell. I'm just going to pull up my gun and be like, How about now? It's like, What What are you <laughs> doing? <laughs> he's like, his, his voice is like high pitched now because he's scared. Listen. He's like, see you. Huh. I'm a little bit trigger happy. It has been said. One of the reasons why I'm no longer in the army. Um, and I'm also an impatient man. So if I were you, I'd start talking very, very soon. And very, very quickly. I'm not even going to make you roll for that because you planned this out decently well. So... And you just see Michael just kind of stone cold, his face pales, and he also pees himself. Sweet. <laughs> and he's just kind of just waiting there. It's like, what? What? What do you want to know, senor? You're the only French, mostly, you're the only French guy I've ever met who says senor. Oh, you know that Spanish. <laughs> don't, they say, don't they say senor in French, say, though? Monsieur. monsieur. Oh, <laughs> it's like I know I'm a terrible Frenchman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, he's a poor Frenchman because he surrenders. I'm crying over here. That was good. That that's staying in the show. That's staying in. <laughs> oh. All right. So when you have two Brits, you're gonna have French slander. Just deal with it. And I'm American. We make just as many French jokes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Declan's pointing the gun at Michael. Michael, the Frenchman, has pissed himself and is pale. Yeah. Just listen. I'm not going to shoot you. Probably. But, you know, you're going to have to tell. People are going to get hurt if you don't tell me everything that you know about this uh, painting. Uh, not painting, schematic, whatever. Like, Michael's just like, I, I don't know what to tell you, Monsieur. Uh, the, uh, it was given to me by a, 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 a external contact. I, I, I don't even know his name. He just... He just got the hold of me and told me that he had something that I'm really interested in. Oh, did you see his face and anything? You know, I'm, I'm pretty good at tracking people down. I mean, I managed to track this down for you. Like, uh... It's like... It's like he had his sunglasses on his face and he wore a mask. I could... I wore a face mask. I could not see his face. 
He was trying to keep the utmost secrecy, and I respected that, given how I get a hold of most of my stuff. But he gave it to me. Apparently, it is an old uh, church schematic, as he church down by the docks in the city, and is older than the city itself. It is, and that church is, uh... Well, people get murdered, mate. You're gonna have to give me something more than that. I don't know how the history of the church. All I know is, is that based on why the symbol here was founded by some old paladin order. Yeah, yeah. What's the name of the said order? I don't know. The name has been lost to time. I'm just gonna put my gun away and be like, you're fucking useless, mate. You know? People are dying out there and I need some information or else people will continue to die. You got me useless, but who's the one that pays you? I mean, you, and like a bunch of other people, depending on, on what they need. And he's just, he's just kind of pissed off, he's like, ah, go fuck yourself, and he just walks back into the art gallery. It's fucking wasted time. So, as you're heading back to your car, you, Declan, you start hearing... Howls and caws and growls from like different animals. It sounds almost as if like a zoo broke out. And you see, and actually, Talek, you actually start hearing and seeing this too as you see these humanoid animal people start racing across the rooftops towards the direction of the old church. You know what I'm gonna do. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> but I'm gonna use a glue bullet to try and keep it in place. Um, I'm not even gonna make you roll for that. You just kind of you get one of them, and it's like a you you get like he's like a 21 year old that looks like a tiger, and he just kind of you get his legs. He's just like falls off the roof. He hits the ground, and you knock him out. He's not dead, but you knock him out. Get a pickup, put him in the boot of my car, and then start driving towards wherever uh, Tarlock is. Um, yeah, Tarlock, where are you going to? As what are you doing? As you see all these uh, beast gang people racing across the rooftops towards the, the direction of the church. Um, Tarlock's typing into Twitter: nearby fairy convention? Question mark. Convention. Realizing uh, there's probably not a convention nearby is going to look up, realize, hey wait, it's not connected, and then and then call up Declan. Yeah, Declan, you you immediately answer the phone as soon as Talak you see this Talak calling you, as the name Thundercunt appears. Mate, don't worry, uh, I'm not here to, thund uh, to th thunderclap your cheeks, anyways. Um, do you happen to see these anthropomorphized um, cat people or like jumping across rooftops at all? All in my trunk, I knocked him out. Oh, great job. Um, send me the, the location, I'll meet you. Yeah, um... Oh, why don't you just come... Uh, I was gonna say go to my apartment, but I think like logging him up the stairs might be an issue. Um... Why don't we meet at like... Do I, I probably know of an abandoned warehouse or something nearby? Would I? It, uh, yeah, I'll say you probably can find one somewhere. It's it's cross end. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of stuff abandoned. Yeah, I'll uh, 
I'll send you over the uh, address. Uh, just wacky in Google Maps. Yeah, as it. you're talking to Talak, your phone starts buzzing in your hand again. You see that Proximo's trying to call you now. Just, uh, I'll just be like, sorry, man, I'm going to have to put you on hold. Give me a second. I'm a popular guy. And I'll flip over and be like, all right, Proxy. It's like, you see this too, right? Yeah, no, I got one of them in my trunk. Uh, me, 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 me and uh, Thunder can here. Okay, I'm I'm heading over to the church. I'm going to see if I can do something. I don't know what. I'm going to do something. And I'll like, keep you all informed of anything. Just get over there as soon as you can. Actually, yeah, I mean, we can just get out. I'm, I'm going to switch back over to... Uh, switch back over to... Um, I'll just uh, one second, Broccoli. And just switch back over to... Uh, uh, to La Lock and just be like, Actually, change your plans. Let's go to the church. We can keep this cunt in, our, in my trunk. Um, until, you know... We get back and then we can ask him. I don't know, it's just nice to have someone uh, who we can interrogate just in case shit goes sideways. Alright, church and then uh, interrogation. Alright. As so as uh so as Talak and Declan, you guys go try to meet try to meet your way somewhere along where you can get to the church together. Um, we cut to the church. Um, there's yellow tape around there's a few cops still around the area as they already hauled off Christina to jail. Ironically, they put her in the cell next to Bear. Because Bear got, at some point got hauled off. So, Bear and Christina are both in jail. The Beast Gang, though, is still out and active. And as uh, the cop, like, there's cops inside the church, they're like taking fingerprints and stuff, taking blood samples. They all begin to hear the sounds of the Beast Gang. As they all look up, and they just see a swarm of beast gangs comes begin to converge on the church's location. And that is where we're going to end today's session. Nice. So thank you all again for listening to Mysteries Unknown, Session 3 of Demons and Cross End. We will see you all soon. I'm Hunter, and I got my buddies Tom and Rain here as well. We'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mysteries Unknown podcast. The background music you hear is from the official CMS soundtracks made by Son of Oak Studios. The content warning at the beginning was done by Ryan Bravo of Odd Loot. Any other characters and content mentioned on here belong to the rightful creators and owners. My name is Hunter the MC, and join me next time as we investigate the City of Mist. What would you like to do? It's the question that every DM asks every player at least once in their career. That question has led to more stories than any other question on the planet. But how do you turn that question into an amazing story? 
That's a question we answer on our show, How to Be a Better DM. For those crazy individuals who want to pretend like they can control the story, How to Be a Better DM is the perfect place to learn how to dungeon master without spending extra money or extra time. You'll get tips and techniques to avoid the significant pitfalls of Dungeon Masters everywhere. We have episodes coming out every Thursday morning, and we can't wait for you to roll initiative with us. Go to betterdungeonmaster.com slash mistunknown. M-I-S-T-U-N-K-N-O-W-N for more information.